welcome to the Seven Figure CEO Podcast, where we talk all things marketing strategies, business systems, personal development insights, and conduct interviews with successful CEOs and entrepreneurs. Learn the exact strategies on how seven figure CEOs market and scale their companies with your host, Chris Rodriguez. All right, welcome everybody to the Seven Figure CEO Podcast. Today we have special guest, Mr. Omar Khadi, BJJ Black Belt and owner of Glory Martial Arts Center in Brooklyn, New York. Omar, thanks so much for being on the show with me today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you know, I think this is a really special episode that we have because you just opened your academy in January of 2021, which, you know, I've got to ask, what were you thinking opening up an academy in the middle of the pandemic, and especially in New York, which, you know, got hit kind of harder than a lot of the other states that are out there? Uh, You know, what what was your mindset going into opening the academy at the beginning of this year? So we, you know, we were like, uh, I, obviously, Marcelo Garcia's like was shut down and we had nowhere to train, nowhere to really go. And uh, we we're just, you know, like me and my partner, Ali, who's uh, not on the podcast with me, but he's here with me in spirit. He's <laughs> an amazing partner. And we were just like, you know, like we're looking at each other like, man, what can we do? We were training for a little bit in my uh, my basement, you know, we'd set up mats and train there. And then we just kind of got bored of training with each other. And we're like, you know what, let's go to the park and do some like high intensity workouts. And then we just went to a, a park in the neighborhood of Brooklyn where we, you know, where we grew up. And uh, people started like coming over. Hey, I trained jujitsu at this place. Can I roll with you guys? I tra- oh man, I've seen you here. Or I've seen you at this competition. I've seen, And it was just like one after the other. And I just looked down and I was like, man, like, I think people are sick of this like lockdown and people want to just get back to normal and get back to real life, you know? Um, and we, I looked at him, I was like, let's just open up something, you know, something small. And we, he's like, man, you're good at business. You know, you own a bunch of businesses, you know, you know what you're doing. So if you believe that this is going to work, let's give it a shot. I said, man, we could probably get 50 to hundred members within the first, you know, eight to nine months or a year. And uh, yeah, we, we definitely uh, surpassed that for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, you opened in the beginning of January and, um, you know, we we started, uh, you hired GrowPro Agency as a part of your marketing strategy. You know, you, you basically opened the door and here we are 11 months. What's your active count at now? We're at like 315. 315 students in an 11 month period in one of the most difficult states that got hit by the pandemic. What are, you know, what do you say attributes to massive? I mean, that is massive growth. There are schools that have been open for decades that are working to hit, you know, triple digits, 300 plus and beyond. What do you attribute that success to? Um, I mean, we have a we have a strong following. Uh, I I believe like I believe really like I believe in all my students and kind of just listening to uh, some of the stuff that you you guys sent us with like the corporal training. You know, we are the product. We're out there. I I'm out there competing. I'm actually going to compete uh, in Florida and then I mean in Vegas this week for World's Masters and then flying from there going to Abu Dhabi. So I'm always competitive, like on the competition scene, competing. And luckily, like I do pretty well. Um, I'm also linked with some of the best jujitsu guys in the world. And like, uh, you know, although I'm not like one of the famous guys like Paulo Miao and Joao Miao, who's 
and Gianni Grippo and some of the guys that I train with on like a daily basis, those guys are in my gym. They're also a draw. They're also an attraction. Um, and then people come into my gym and they, they like feel like, like a great vibe. They're excited. Like we're excited about what we do. We're so passionate. I'm sure like many other martial arts schools, we're extremely passionate about what we do. And I think that translates to good word of mouth and just people loving what we're doing and loving, you know, the way we run our classes and stuff like that. And I'm also like listening to some of the uh, OGs in the game like you and uh, following uh, the blueprint. You know, you guys have provided us with a beautiful blueprint and we're just step by step following, following the model. And it's, it's really, a, it's, a, it's a system that works. And if you follow the system, everything comes together. I love it. So, you know, I mean, you're you're in the jujitsu world and typically when jujitsu guys open up schools, they call it a jujitsu academy. You decided against that. You went with Glory Martial Arts Center. Can you kind of talk to me about where that name came from and why you chose that specific branding versus, you know, Omar Jiu-Jitsu, which you see very often kind of in our style when people are opening up schools? So um, I have a friend of mine who I've been friends with over 10 years. Uh, his name is Nick Castiglia. He's also like a martial arts consultant. And uh, when I told him, I was like, man, we're trying to pick out a name for the gym. And, you know, we're thinking about because we like glory. We're going to do glory jujitsu. And he looked at me. He goes, no, he goes, because you're not just marketing to jujitsu. He's like, you have Muay Thai there, right? I was like, yeah. He goes, you're going to do MMA there. I'm like, yeah. He goes, you're catering to kids and women. He goes, it's a martial arts center. It's not a jujitsu gym. And like, at first I was, of course, like most jujitsu guys, extremely reluctant, you know, and I'm like, uh, but I want people to know that we do jujitsu. You know, I want the logo to say glory jujitsu. And he just looked at me, he goes, you can print whatever you want on the t-shirts. You can print whatever you like, but he goes, in order to have a good sustainable business, you need to be able to target the full market, not just a very small percentage of guys that are only looking to do jujitsu. And I was like, all right, you know what? You have a successful gym. I'll follow, I'll follow suit. So. Great advice. And I'm glad that you, you followed that. Um, you know, can you kind of talk to us about, I mean, you, you mentioned it a little bit, but what are the different programs that you're offering at your school and what are you seeing being the most popular programs? You mentioned kids programs, adults, MMA, jujitsu, uh, you know, Muay Thai, what are the programs that you're packaging and, and which ones are the most successful for you? So um, if I, if I had to choose one, I, I wouldn't be able to be, I'll just be honest with you. Um, luckily for us, when we started, we started off with uh, uh, five kids, two of them, my, my children, and then my, my, my nieces and nephews. Um, that program took a life of its own. And now we have like, 40 to 50 kids on the mat average every single day. Um, and with the way we have our schedule is jujitsu and Muay Thai back to back for kids. And both classes are just jam packed. Um, there's a lot of crossover training in the kids classes where like they're doing both jujitsu and Muay Thai, which is phenomenal. And then uh, for the adults, it's like, it's crazy. Cause it's like two separate groups of people two separate groups of like, uh, like you have the jujitsu guys that just stick to jujitsu. You have a small percentage that cross over and you have, um, you have the people that are doing Muay Thai, like just Muay Thai alone. Sure. And, um, out of those, which, which classes are you teaching? 
Um, I'm teaching jujitsu classes. I'm not a. I'm not gonna lie to you. Pretend like I'm a Muay Thai guy. So I'm a. I'm a strictly like a jujitsu guy. So I teach basically um, most of the jujitsu classes with my partner. So I'm on the mats like as much as possible, at least three days a week teaching. And my other my partner Ali, who uh, just got his black belt from Paulo Miao, um, is also on the mat teaching three days a week. Um, and we're back and forth, you know, just running classes, kids and adults. Living the dream, I would say. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. So let's kind of switch gears a little bit and specifically talk marketing for a second. Um, you know, uh, a listener hears you open up a brand new martial arts school in January, 11 months later, incredible growth, 315 plus active count. You, you did mention earlier a lot of word of mouth, but what other marketing efforts, you know, have you guys implemented besides just having a really great product and, you know, having your students help grow that database? What other marketing strategies have you done? Well, definitely uh, GrowPro, like, was the big thing for us. Like, we, I'll be honest with you, like, we were overwhelmed in the beginning with the amount of leads that we generated. And from what I understand from talking with Jacob, who's phenomenal, um, he said that we have like, uh, I'm not sure exactly what the wording for it is, but like where we're paying basically like 10 bucks per lead, which most people are like averaging at like 20 or something per, per lead. Um, so we're, I'm for some, whatever reason, we're doing really well with our leads and they're coming through GrowPro. I mean, GrowPro is definitely, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm a hundred percent believer in, in the GrowPro agency product. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I mean, your, your cost per lead, um, you know, probably about, you know, five, six, seven years ago, everybody was able to kind of get leads at, you know, a couple of bucks, seven bucks, 10 bucks. There's been a lot of changes occurring with Apple and iOS that have unfortunately increased the cost to advertise. And when you kind of think of the pandemic, it really, skyrocketed businesses needs to get online, right? If you weren't online, you weren't going to have a business when everything was locked down. So because of that, more people are on the platforms, more businesses are on the platforms, and more people are advertising on the platforms as well, which is just supply and demand, right? So it's going to skyrocket your cost. So that's great to hear that, you know, you're able to get those leads at, at such a great cost per lead. Um, kind of, you know, just switching gears, are you doing any form of email marketing? Are you posting organically on Facebook and Instagram, YouTube, things like that? You know, what other kind of social media mix or digital marketing mixes do you have in there? So again, just following the blueprint that you guys talked about, you know, we're sending emails. Like one of the things that I do with my emails is like, I, I and this like just stuck with me is you okay. said, you know, like when you put like a little emoji in your like, um, in your subject line, people will open it versus like when you don't, it's just like, I, I, and now like, I'm like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Like every time I see an emoji in a subject line, I click open and, um, you know, our, uh, open rate for emails is like 30%, which I, from what I understand is a really good percentage. Sick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I think like most people that are getting 20% open rates are really, really happy. So the fact that you're getting 30 that's that's awesome. Um, I, I want to just switch gears a little bit here because I know how big you are into the competition scene. And how are you balancing running an academy and, and you know, running an academy again in a state that, you know, has uh, made it a little bit difficult to be successful, 
getting your own training in balance. You know, you, you said you had two kids, right? How are you able to balance opening the gym, still getting your training in your family life? You know, do you, do you feel like you kind of cracked the code on that? Um, I wouldn't say I cracked the code for sure. I think my wife would definitely, uh, she's sitting next to me over there. She'd probably hit me over the head if I said I did crack the code and have balance. I don't, I'm not going to lie and say I have balance. So I wake up every morning. I go to pro training Monday through Fridays. Cause again, I'm like serious about competition. Um, and then after that, it's just like, I come home, I eat a meal. I say hello to my wife, pick up my kids who both train. Um, and we just go to the Academy and kind of like, it's just a family gym. So that, and I think that's also part of like why we're successful. People walk into the gym and they see like my, my 14 year old son who, you know, uh, handles most of the adults. I was going to say, he's probably tapping out blue belts in there, grown men, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, well, we kind of use him as a marketing tool also, uh, kicking back to the marketing thing. we have like a little thing. If you could pass my son's guard, who's 14 years old, he's probably like 140, 150 pounds. If you pass his guard, you get a free year of membership. And that's kind of the deal. Like um, I've never heard of that before. That is genius. I love it. And it works because, uh, man, like unless you're like a, a super high level, like purple belt or like somebody that's like super, super good, it doesn't like weight doesn't matter. Like I've had guys that are coming like six, two and they're like benching like 300 pounds and they're just like, I cannot get past his legs. I don't understand. So, um, but that's, that's also amazing. helped for us. Yeah. And, that, and that's kind of like going back to the work balance thing is I'm fortunate enough that my, both my kids love jujitsu, my daughter and my son. So my daughter takes the kids classes. She's, she's 13. Um, my son is 14 and he's in the, he's usually like helping out with the kids classes and doing the adults classes and training himself. And he's also competing. So it's a, it's just like, uh, we're literally like submerged in the, the scene of jujitsu and training. My other businesses are taking a hit for sure, but um, well, talk to me a little bit about that. What other businesses are, you know, if you don't mind, do you, do you have? Sure. Um, I have a cell phone store. Uh, I've, you know, that's kind of like, that was the, uh, like the backbone to what helped me open the gym. Um, I have like, a, it's just, a, I'm a, you know, like I, I, I franchise the Boost Mobile store and I have that. And I've also been in the credit card and ATM business for a long time. So credit card processing. Um, and I kind of rely on that, like passive income to, keep me afloat. Uh, before I was handling most of the stuff. Now I just like uh, subcontract it out because I'm just too busy with like the gym. And I'm more like, it's not like that, that stuff is in, it's, it's my, you know, I make money from it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's very good income, but I'm just, it's not your passion. Yeah. 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 It's, I do what I love and it's just so much better than like listening to, Hey, my phone is not working. I need help. Yeah. With my phone. <laughs> So I've got a a parenting question for you. And and this is one that I've gotten before. You know, I have a a year and a half year old. His name's Cruz. And, you know, we're he hasn't started training just yet, but we got a grappling dummy at home. And, you know, we play all the Gracie Jiu Jitsu games. You know, what would happen if your kids said that I don't want to train Jiu Jitsu anymore because I know what my response would be. And I kind of look at martial arts as a life skill, the way that swimming is a life skill, right? I'm here in Florida. There's bodies of water everywhere. I'd be doing my child a disservice if I didn't teach them how to swim. And I kind of look at it the same way as martial arts. We have two older sons. I'm a stepmom, uh, you know, bonus mom to two older sons. 
One's a purple belt. One's a, a blue belt. They both worked in the academy. One still does. So I know what my response would be if my kid said, I don't want to do jujitsu anymore, but I'm just curious from a parent to a parent, what would your response be? So there's two things. Um, I think, I think this is like a twofold question. What my, my, my thing is, is first I would look at myself and I would say, I failed to sell you the gift of martial arts. Um, if you're doing your, your, your job correctly as a parent, they would see how much fun it is and how much, uh, love goes into what we do. And then they'd want to be able to do that because what we do is we like, we change people's lives. I started 100%. training when I was 25. So I never, I'm not a lifelong martial artist. I wish I was, I started training. I was 250 pounds, you know, like I was, I literally looked like, uh, like a couch, <laughs> you know? <laughs> For lack of better words, I was just like a like a really really heavy set person. You know, I could you could check out my IG. You'll see like the pictures of like me back in the day. And then you know now I'm like 160 pounds competing at 150. So like, of course, the health benefits are there. Um, same thing with my son. He gained a bunch of weight when he stopped training. And I just said to him, I said, Hey buddy, I know that things were tough and I couldn't get you to training, but now that we have a gym, man, like you got to see him. It's completely two different kids. Also, the other the other thing that I always tell parents is when people tell me, oh, you know, I, I say that the, the first part is like I failed as a parent to do my job to sell him the martial art. The second thing is I always tell parents, I'm like, if it was up to your son or daughter, they would eat chocolate and, and jelly beans and, and candy all day, every day and not go to school and play video games. Do you think that's the right type of lifestyle? It's not. So the same way we don't give them the choice to go to school, they need to go to school and get some type of education. I think it's important for every single kid to face the challenges that martial arts provides and overcoming those challenges, overcoming those challenges will definitely put you like, it'll put you ahead of the rest of the, the, the people in the world because you've already like in your mind, you're starting to overcome challenges as a child, you know, uh, facing and grappling a bigger person striking with a bit, you know, with somebody that that's faster or, or better than you. And then once you start like defeating those challenges, you start to learn that you can overcome anything. And when you, be, when you start, when you have that mindset and it grows with you from a child to an adult, even if you stop training two or three years down the line, you still have that. And it's built inside of you. Like I can do anything. If I did that, I can do anything. I love it. What a great response. And, and I love how you said that, you know, if, if that would occur, I would failed as a parent because I didn't show them the value. I mean, that's super powerful. Um, let's kind of go to some wisdom, some nuggets of wisdom here. So, you know, I, I know it wasn't too long ago since you got started, but hindsight's always twenty twenty. If you were to start this over again, is there, you know, maybe one thing that you would have done a little bit differently? Uh, Maybe, maybe took next door. <laughs> Had I known that it was going to be this big, I would have probably took next door. Um, that was the one thing that we, you know, we didn't think that we were going to run out of space so fast. Uh, that was like, you know, but that's, it's really, it's a really hard thing to predict. Sure. And what's your current space? Uh, how, you know, how many square footage do you have? We have about uh, 3000 square feet and uh, about 1800 square feet of mat but the classes are packed and sometimes like you get run into like space issues. So we, you know, we have, we're challenged by that. And as coaches we're okay, let's do King of the Hill. Cause there's too many people on the map or whatever. And that's kind of what we do now. 
(laughs) Definitely a good problem to have, right? Uh, Better to have packed mats than than empty mats. What would you say to a school owner that, you know, is, is maybe a little bit in a rut right now or they're plateauing or, you know, they're just not where they want to be. What's the advice that you would give them in order to kind of get, take it to that next level? Um, honestly, keep it real. Be, you know, like show your passion, be on the mat, be present in the moment. Um, and also like, you know, like if you have friends, like most people are like, oh, you know, uh, what were you thinking? You know, like in the beginning, like bringing another black belt instructor, world champion to your gym. And I'm just like, I was just thinking like, to spread better jujitsu to more people and they, if they learn my style, that's great. But if they learn multiple styles, that's even better. And when you have resources like that, if you can, if you have them, utilize them and don't be scared to cross train. Don't be scared to like, I think one of the biggest things is like we encourage our students to go out there and cross train um, and train at other places, which I know a lot of places are like, you know, it's a big taboo and they're like, don't do that. Don't do that. But I think that's also, yeah. I think it's like, um, it's really important to kind of like, and, and it'll help you grow because people will go to other places and they'll say like, oh my God, the gym that I'm at is beautiful. We have great instructors. It's a beautiful, clean place, clean environment. And that's one thing that I'm like, you know, I pride myself on when you walk into my gym, it's like super it's like it's pristine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that goes back to having confidence in the product and the service that you're providing. Right. I think the school owners who say, oh, you know, you're a, I think it's a Crayonite or I don't, I don't know what the crayons. Yeah. You know, if you go to another school and, and I, to me, it's just, man, shouldn't you be so confident in the services and the products that you're providing to your students that they're going to go to those other places. They'll get good training, but they're going to come home and be like, this is really where I need to be. So, you know, one of the biggest takeaways that I've had so far from this podcast is, you know, it's it's about the fulfillment of the product and the service that we're that we're offering. And we've got to make sure that we're always putting that at the forefront. Right. Um, I tell people all the time that the fastest way, you know, to close a, a martial arts school is with marketing, because if you don't have a great product and we're marketing for you, word's going to get around that you don't have that great product. So I think the fact that what you are offering, obviously your community is is digging 315 of them in such a small period of time. And then when you have that great product, you pour the fire on with the marketing and that's really going to help, you know, a, a school explode. Any additional nuggets of wisdom or insight that you'd like to share before we wrap up here? Uh, Just honestly, with the uh, social media, the marketing on social media and all that stuff, I think it's really important to, uh, and you've talked about this in many of the uh, Zoom calls that we've been on and many of the, um, you know, meetings that you've led, where just organic, be real, you know, be yourself, go, you know, you know, film your students training, show people smiling provide like you know like like give them the picture for the people that are sitting outside that are not inside of your gym and they're like sitting there thinking about it like do i go to you know glory or do i go to gym b down the street Uh, i'm sure you know like the new york market is super saturated with like there's a gym like literally every corner um and people are going to make the choice based on what they see so if they see you know pictures of like some kid like random that's not part of your gym you know, and it's like one of those stage martial art pictures. I feel like people look at that and they're like, mm, these guys are selling fake things. Their, 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 their marketing is fake. So I bet they're like, 
you know, the, the environment's going to feel fake. So I don't want to go there. Like if you look on our IG, it's literally just pictures of me and my students and I'm constantly posting stories. I'm, you know, uh, I try to do my best where at least I'm doing three or four posts of stories every week, especially like when the class is full, people are sweating. When people see that from outside, they're like, man, those guys look like they're having a great workout and they're having a blast while they're doing it. And the other thing is like, it helps them overcome the fear of walking into a martial arts space, especially when people hear like, oh, MMA, they're like, oh my God, I'm going to get my face bashed in when that's not the case. Cause we're like teaching you technique and drilling and all that stuff. So I think those that marketing on social media is super, super important. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of like selling your story, like anything else, make sure you tell the story the right way. I love it. Uh, in, in my book, The Best Known Dojo, we talk about, you know, do you want to be the best? Do you want to be the best known? And I think what you've done is, you know, you're doing both of those. And that really comes down to the omnipresence that you have online. You know, I follow you guys on social and the quality of content that you are putting out is so authentic and it's so real. And so many companies today are trying to automate everything, right? That I mean, when's the last time you got excited talking to the robot when you're, you know, trying to, to get a hold of a human? And I think you guys have really cracked the code on that. And uh, I'm really excited to see where you guys go in the next year and uh, maybe potentially getting that second unit right next door. Yeah. Well, actually, we're working on a second location now. So look at that. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll definitely have to have you back on the podcast once that second location opens. Omar, really appreciate your time and just incredibly blown away by the impact you're having in your community and your success. So congratulations. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to be on here. Awesome.